everybody and welcome to today's podcast. My name's Kimberly, and I'm founder of Casey Consultancy, which is an international hub for supporting early years teaching, training and support. Now, today's podcast, we're going to be looking at how we can balance emotions. I know that when we think about Huga, we think about that sense of calmness, having a really good feeling from the simple everyday moments that we encounter. Yet realistically, this doesn't always happen. And there are times in our day or in our life when we ourselves experience bigger emotions than that. It might be anger, it could be fear, it could be anxiety. I also know from being an early years educator that we work with children as well that experience these same kind of emotions. Only for them, they're experiencing the world for the very first time. And so many of these emotions happen in a very extreme way. And we might go from excitement to anger really quickly. And we can't experience that true huga feeling if we're feeling stressed. And so that's why we're going to cover that in today's podcast. And I'm going to look at how I can give you some really simple strategies for yourself for your team, and then for the children that you're working with. So let's get ourselves comfortable and let's begin. So I'm going to begin by sharing with you a quote that I really like from Mike Viking, who's author of um, The Little Book of Hoogar. And he shares in his book this quote, so you cannot buy the right atmosphere or a sense of togetherness. You cannot hygge if you are in a hurry or you're stressed out. And the art of creating intimacy cannot be bought by anything but time, interest, engagement in the people around you. I love that quote. It just brings us back to our sense of being and what we need to do to try and achieve those best moments in life. And it's okay not to feel this way every single day. No one feels calm and balanced in every moment. We often find ourselves worrying about a feeling. Perhaps we're feeling quite low. As I discussed in my podcast last week, it might be that you're having that feeling of comparing yourself to someone else and not feeling as though you're good enough. And all of these types of feelings can stop us from really enjoying our life and making the best of it. So let's begin by sharing a few ideas on what we can do to prioritize good self-care and help regulate some of those moods and feelings that you're experiencing. So the first thing that we can do is we can make sure we're getting good sleep. So having at least eight hours a night and having a regular waking up time and going to sleep time, being consistent with this even on a weekend. because. I don't know about you, but I find that if I am sleeping in on a weekend and then waking up without my normal routine in place, and it leaves me feeling a little bit off balance. Um, so I always like to make sure that I, I try and wake up at the same time as I would for work. I know that can be a little bit tricky if you've had a late night, but maybe still try it and try and pencil in a little nap during your day at some point if you're feeling as though you're really lacking on sleep. Um, something that I like to do before I go to bed is I switch off any of my electronic devices. 
um, about two hours before I go to bed. So that means that I switch off my phone, my tablet, and for those two hours before bed, I might be just watching a film or a TV program, sort of laid on the sofa, or reading a book, or talking to somebody. But I'm not looking at the brightness of my phone or a tablet because we find that when we are doing this the brightness from the tablet it wakes our brain up it keeps it stimulated so it's thinking actually it's not time to wind down it's time to you know be alert and respond to what's going on in front of me so yeah having a good sleep routine really helps to balance our mood the next thing that we can do, and I talk about this a lot, is getting out into nature. And I think this is why the Nordic countries of Scandinavia really um, embrace having a good mood and link it to nature well. Because no matter what the weather, they dress up in appropriate clothing and they get outside. They don't let nature's elements spoil that. Um, so. Yeah, we know that nature's a really good mood balancer. And even just going out for a walk, even a short walk, can really enhance that good feeling. And it takes the intensity then out of all those bad um, low points that you might experience. For me, my grandma, um, who's sadly not with us anymore, she always used to ask me every day when I phoned her up or I saw her, have you had your 10 minutes of sunshine, Kimberly? Have you been outside today and just, you know, embraced the day and what it has to give you? And when I was really at my most stressed point with my leadership and teaching, I remember saying to my grandma, look, I haven't had time to go outside today for 10 minutes. I've literally not had any time to breathe or eat my lunch. Never mind, go outside for 10 minutes. And my grandma couldn't understand it. She'd say to me, but you must make time, Kimberly. That's how you feel better. That's how you remember to breathe. And sure enough, she was right. Didn't see it at the time. But when I did try it, it did work for me. And now every single day, I make sure I spend some time outside. And usually a little bit longer than 10 minutes as well. We've been, for the last few months, every evening just walking around our block making sure we get 10,000 steps in each day even if it has been night time we still manage to do it um, and it's great you know I go out with um, a friend or my partner and we just chat away as we're walking and again I think that helps to de-stress ourselves which you know all helps talking it out is another strategy that we can easily implement thinking about when you are low, who can you talk to that you trust? Who can maybe just be a really good active listener, which means they're just tuning into what you're saying. You might even tell them, look, I just want to talk to you and I just want you to listen. You don't have to offer me any solution or any advice. I just need to talk and for someone to just listen to what I'm saying. Um, and again, that just helps to shift those negative feelings. And we don't always need to have that solution to hand from the person we're with. Now, I love the happy news. Um, I don't know if you receive it yourself or you're subscribed to the happy newspaper that's come out in the last few months, but I think it's an absolutely fabulous idea. 
the um, thinking behind it is that there's so much negativity going on and on in the world and being reported on that actually makes you feel a bit depressed. So um, a lovely girl, I can't remember her name, but um, she's brought out a happy newspaper and it's full of all wonderful things that really do make you smile. So one of the things that she's reported on in her last, um, I was going to say episode, but her last uh, newspaper is that having a cuddle actually helps your wounds to heal faster. So science tells us that when we're cuddling someone that we really care about or love, it releases more oxytocin, which actually helps make your body feel better and it helps to heal it. So yeah, talk it out with somebody if you've got a problem or find somebody to just cuddle and give some other things that you might want to try for yourself is listening to music. So creating a feel good playlist that you can sing along to whenever you're feeling rubbish. What would be on yours? I think for me, um, right now at this particular moment, um, I love the song Giants. Um, I think it's by Rag and Bone Man. Might be completely wrong. I'm rubbish with um, sort of the music in the charts at the moment, but I do hear it, the odd song and just think, oh, I like that. And Giants is one for me. I, yeah, I put it on in the car and instantly sing along to it and it feel, makes me feel so much better. Um, and then lastly, tips for you is eat yourself happy. So often when we're busy, we're tempted to eat while we're on the go. But really, we need to just take that time to sit down, pause before we start eating, you know, making that time to be really thankful for the food that you've got in front of you. And when we do slow down our eating, it makes that meal a lot more enjoyable as well. Something that myself and my partner are making a really big effort to do um, at the moment is have breakfast together. When we were away on our holiday um, a couple of weeks ago, this was something we did each day. We made sure we made that time to have a really lovely breakfast. And having it together just started the day off really well. Now, I've always had a good breakfast, but often I'd have it on my own and, and my partner would leave for work and they would actually have their breakfast in the office. But we're trying to make a real effort to make time for breakfast. Just like when I was in Norway, um, my friend Rumnil, she and her family would always start the day with a big family breakfast. They would light the candles, they would have a lovely spread of different food on the table that we could just pick at and chat away to each other as we were eating. And it really did make you feel like you wanted to start the day with a good, good happy feeling inside of you. So there the things that we can do to support ourselves. The second part of today's podcast is going to look at those big emotions that young children experience. And we're going to look at some strategies that we can pop in place or some activities that you might want to try to really help the children um, work out those angry um, feelings that they might experience. So when we're thinking about the young children that we work with every day, we might not always recognise the anxiety that they're feeling straight away. It might be quite sneaky because that sign of worry doesn't always present itself in the way that we would expect to see it when we're working or being around adults. So it might come across as a physical complaint like a headache or a stomach ache. 
Maybe the child's experiencing some chest pains or feeling like they've got a racing heart, dizziness. They might even be talking about feeling that physical feeling of having a lump in their throat and then having difficulty swallowing as a result of that. Perhaps it's presenting itself more emotionally to you. Maybe it's that seeking of validation. Am I doing the right thing? Maybe over asking the same questions. Perhaps they're super clingy or worried about their own safety or the safety of others. And then this can present itself as children feeling upset, crying lots. Perhaps they get overwhelmed easily. Maybe when you're watching them play, they're actually coming across as being really lonely. They're not developing friendships and relationships with the others which can then lead to social isolation. Maybe they're putting off doing something that you've asked them to do because they don't want to have to be put in a situation where they're working with others. Perhaps they're always coming across as being tired. Are they having meltdowns and tantrums? Maybe that's then leading to them being really exhausted. So when we're seeing children present themselves in this sort of way, it's important that we know some strategies that we can draw upon to, to help meet their needs. So I think when we're looking at those feelings of being angry and irritable and maybe quite aggressive and what we might label as challenging behaviour, we can maybe try and adopt some of these strategies. Things like having dry sponges and throwing them against an outdoor wall or a fence. Maybe having some really big cushions or bean bags that children can use for hitting or punching into to release some of that um, excess energy that they're showing you. Maybe having some damp towels that children can turn and twist and squeeze and again divert that physical energy that they've got and the excess of it into a different activity and direction. I like to use Play-Doh and clay as a way of, of using this and diverting as well. Perhaps go outside and do some jumping and hopping games. Or how about if you've got any of that army type netting, you get children crawling underneath it, jumping in between it, um, getting them to run around the open spaces that you've created. Maybe even have um, an obstacle course that's got some drums and children have to drum down with their hands as loud as they can um, as part of it. And then as you're noticing that the anger levels are decreasing, start to do um, more karma type activities. So things like star breathing. This is another good one if children are anxious as well. So get children to hold a star in their hand, or it might be a clip art image of one. And as they breathe in and out, encourage them to follow with their finger the points of the star as they breathe. And do this quite a few times and it just gets them to focus on their breathing. Another nice one to do is get the child to lay down on their back, place a bean bag or maybe a teddy bear onto their chest, and as they're breathing in and out, encourage them to move that bean bag up and down on their chest. And that really encourages them to take the deep breaths in and out and use that full lung capacity. 
I like to get children as well to use other parts of their body um, as a way of distraction. So maybe doing things like picking up pom-poms with their feet and moving the pom-poms from one tray to another because that's giving their mind something different to focus on. I've got some really good books as well that I like to use when I'm working with young children, like The Big Bag of Worries, where we might make some worry monsters and write down all the things that children are worried or anxious about. And we pop them onto these monsters and then we put them in the bag and we say, right, those worry monsters are in the bag now. They're not going to jump out. We've we're not going to be bothered about them anymore because we've talked about them and we know that they're not going to, to be there any, anymore. So there are a few strategies that you might want to use to help support those feelings of anxiety and anger and frustration that we see in young children. Now I do talk about this in a lot more detail as part of our Who Get In Early Years accreditation. So if you're interested to know more, you can sign up to take part in our signature course, which looks at this in a lot more detail and depth. So that's bringing us to the end of today's podcast, where we've really tried to look at how we can create more balance with our emotions. Thank you so much for listening. I'd really love it if you could pop over onto iTunes um, and leave me a really honest review of this podcast. Or why don't you take a screenshot of you listening to it on your phone and send it to me? And even better, if you've really enjoyed it and found it helpful, share it with a friend or a colleague that will also find it useful. Thank you so much for listening. And if there's anything I can help you with, please do just drop me an email, visit my Facebook page, visit the website and just get in touch. Okay, we'll have a lovely day and I'll speak to you shortly. Bye.